You know, I was watching an episode of uh, You where measles came up. Wait, wait, wait. When did I mention measles? I don't know. It was on You. What? 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 What was on me? What are you talking about? Right? What is right? Even hearing what I'm the saying? I never had the measles. Was on you. We never did a. We never did a measles and vaccine episode. Am I? Is this a joke? I, know. I don't even know what it you're talking about. It was on you. It was on you. I've never had. Raymond, I've never had measles. What are you talking about? This is stupid. It was an episode of a show, Laura. What's it called? You, you, it's called you. I've never done a show on measles. I, I just completely give up. We gotta get it's out. It's a show I, I give up. called you on Netflix. There's a show called Loring on Netflix. What are you never talking mind. about? I'm moving on to Adele. I can't explain this to you. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> that was like a modern day version of Who's on First, and I am here for it. 61st episode of the show. Man, I think I was at least two years, maybe three, into my life as a foodie before I hit that number. Granted, I actually made an effort back then. <laughs> you know, Now I just turn the mic on and start saying the dumbest crap I can think of for half an hour. What did we say the day after Chris Rock was attacked on stage at the Oscars? That every comedian is in danger now. And just like that, Dave Chappelle was attacked on stage this week. Dude had a fucking knife on him. And not just a knife. This was like a, a replica handgun. Where when you pull the trigger, a knife slides out of the front. This asshole waltzes in there with a knife. I've been to the Hollywood Bowl several times. Right, I saw Miles Davis play there, watched the John Williams Orchestra there. It's always been a peaceful place, you know, to enjoy live music and shows. You can bring a picnic basket with you, enjoy dinner on the grass, bring your own wine. Total chill. Now, some mind-numbingly dumb dimwit is going to fuck that up for the rest of us. You're going to start putting metal detectors up there, increase security, all that shit. Again, this is why we cannot have nice things. Did you catch any photos of this kid who did this? Isaiah Lee. They said his address matched that of a, an L.A. homeless shelter. Security guards did a fucking number on this kid. His eye was swollen, he had a bloody nose, arm was twisted backwards. I mean, they absolutely pummeled him. Another big news this week was that there was a leaked draft opinion from the Supreme Court on Roe versus Wade. Supreme Court is apparently prepared to strike it down and make abortion illegal, which was the main concern that people had who were pro-choice when Amy Coney Barrett joined the band. And this is the first time any draft from the Supreme Court has leaked. <laughs> it's a first. And for it to leak regarding this particular issue, it's a nuclear bomb politically. And the people on the left are already losing their minds over it. And this could really affect the, the political landscape leading up to the midterms. You know, you guys know my stance on this. I mean, I really, I don't, I don't have a right to have an opinion. But 
I have always been pro-choice. But this country, (laughs) they cannot seem to sit still for three hours without stirring up more controversy and outrage. We are an outrage machine. But on to more positive things. Let's keep it positive. I have had some spectacular weekends. Two weekends ago, fantastic, outdone by an even better weekend this past weekend. A couple week, uh, was two Saturdays ago. It's going to be three soon. We, uh, I met some members of our casual cycling group. We met at a coffee spot right on the ocean for breakfast. Then we go on a nice long bike ride. Climbed about a thousand feet, including a hill that was possibly the steepest I've ever tried to climb. I made it maybe three quarters of the way up and I blew a gasket, had to walk the bike. One of the guys had reserved a campsite right on the beach, which is incredibly hard to get, by the way. You have to reserve these things like six months in advance. So after the ride, we went shopping for groceries, had this big cookout in his camp. It was his birthday. So my friend bought him a chocolate cake. We celebrated his birthday, sat by the fire for a few hours, and went home. 12 hours of bliss, I'm telling you. All of my favorite things right there. Riding my bike with that group, camping, cooking, campfire. You had beers? It would have been the most perfect day. I, I don't like that booze in my system at all when I'm driving. But I can certainly have a good time without it, I'll tell you. I think it's mental. I, I had a buddy of mine. He was a close friend. He got popped for a DUI a couple of years ago. And he went through hell. And I remember telling him, look, dude, we're too old for this stuff. You can't do that shit. We're in our 50s. You know, we escaped our 20s without getting caught or dying. But it's simply not worth that risk anymore. And then right around that time, Chrissy, Ludo's wife, her stepmother was killed by a drunk driver. So those two things kind of stuck with me. And nowadays, I just want to be 100% on my game when I get behind the wheel especially when you're driving later into the evening on the freeway, on the weekends. That's when all the trouble happens. So I'd like to have cat-like reflexes out there. Drunk drivers are all over the place on weekends out here. So then anyway, so this past weekend was my birthday. And I celebrated on Friday with Mark and Nancy and Brad and then went on our group ride on Saturday. And one of my close friends in the group was knew it was my birthday She told a couple people. Pretty soon I had people singing me happy birthday while I'm riding my bike. (laughs) I mean, that's exceptional. Then I came home, had a FaceTime group chat with Chuck and family in Washington, my sister Sharon in New York, opened a bunch of gifts. More on that in a second. Got to talk to you about something. Uh, Then we went out. I went out to dinner with my friend to a Cuban restaurant, happened to know what my favorite beer was, Duval, and dropped a massive Duval gift box on me great. Then on Sunday, I got to see my stepdaughters and hung out with all of them for the afternoon. I mean, I've had some shit birthdays over the years, okay? To the point where I didn't even want to celebrate the day anymore. So when you get a weekend where people make you feel really special, it's pretty amazing. I turned 57. And, you know, as I get older, start to grow into my own skin. And I've started to get a massive case of the I don't give a shits. You know, my car is dirty. I don't give a shit. My hair is messed up from wearing the helmet. Don't give a shit. 
Sunday morning. I'm walking around the house. I'm wearing wool socks and my Hoka gliders. Basically, it's a foam sandal. It's not a flip-flop. It's more like a slipper. And Hoka's are like my favorite running shoe because they've got these really thick soles. But these, these gliders are the most comfortable thing I have ever had on my feet. The soles are like three inches high. So I'm about to leave to go see the girls. I start looking for shoes to wear. And I think to myself, you know what? Fuck it. I'm comfortable like this. I don't give a damn. So I walked out the door wearing socks and sandals. Now, people think that's weird. Who gives a damn what they think? Listen, I happen to think Chuck Taylors look like a fucking clown shoe and people look ridiculous in them, especially when they try to get cute and wear them with a suit. I think it's the lamest shoe ever invented, but I never say a word to anyone who's wearing them. If you like it, you go for it. You do you. I'm going to wear socks and sandals. My comfort means a hell of a lot more to me than your opinion. So, save it, bozo. You and your hipster clown shoe. So my brother probably didn't realize how heavy my involvement with molecular gastronomy had gotten during the heyday of my life as a foodie. If you recall, it was around 2009. I met Joe from My Last Bite and took a molecular gastronomy class in Los Angeles where I met her and her husband Peter for the first time. So we got invited to an Oscar party that night with them. And then our friendship just blossomed after that. Anyway, so Joe and I become these modernist home cooks. And I really took off with it. I was going batshit. I was trying everything. The caviar was like the first thing I did. And then spherification became like my favorite technique. It's really simple. You mix a flavored liquid with sodium alginate. And then you put it in a tube. And you start dropping... Uh, that liquid into a bath of calcium chloride and water and you get these little pearls that look like caviar but actually aren't it's a trickery thing and then my famous caviar was rosemary infused apple juice but i then made a pea ravioli and then later i made a mango coconut egg which is a gelée of coconut milk and then a sphere of mango made to look like an egg yolk it's a lot of fun to play around with so my brother for my birthday suddenly has thrust me right back into this. He bought me this machine. It's a spherificator. You put the alginate and flavored liquid in on the top of this thing. You hold it over a bowl of calcium chloride and water. Press a button. And this thing starts pooping out caviar balls at a rate of up to 500 pearls a minute. I mean, it fucking cranks out caviar. Doing this shit by hand was brutal. Because half the time, if you didn't do it at the right speed... Some of your balls would look all weird-shaped or too small. You had to get the paste just right. This takes all the guesswork out. So I am back on the horse with this. I'll keep you posted. The one thing you have to remember, if you're going to do this, you have to intensify the flavor of your liquid. Because when you do this stuff, the flavors tend to weaken. All right. So if you're making something sweet, you have to really kick in extra sugar. And don't be afraid to salt savory things or add acid. Because sometimes it's really hard to pull out certain flavors. But, you know, the podcast, I did so many episodes, I don't even want to go back and listen to that shit. Because I rewatched the documentary that I was featured in. And it came off as such a pompous bitch ass. With my fat, round face and curly hair. I'm rocking a fucking mullet. Then there's Katrina wearing a wig 
because the chemo made her hair fall out. I was such a dick back then. Talking about the future of food with such passion. Like an angry son of a bitch. I sounded like a lunatic. It's nuts. You know, when I was introduced to my stepdaughters, and then later when they all moved in, I noticed something. These kids didn't go outside to play very much. They were always indoors. Video games and watching animated movies on the iPads, then later on the iPhones. Not much time being spent outside. And if I did suggest that they go out to play, they had to be supervised. And I remembered on several occasions saying to my wife, man, it's not like it was back when we were kids, is it? And she said, no, it's not. But I started looking around. I didn't see a whole lot of other kids playing outside either. And when I did, they were being supervised. And I'm thinking, what's going on? What is this? And I'd be telling the kids stories of my misspent youth. You know, adventures gone wrong. We were running around the neighborhood wreaking havoc. We were eight. We'd never get lost. We knew the streets really well. On Saturdays, we'd take off at 10 o'clock after watching two hours of cartoons and eating cereal. End up at a friend's house or back at my place around 2 o'clock for a sandwich. Then back out there doing more stupid shit. Return home around 5 for dinner. That shit would never fly these days. You just don't see it happening. And I wondered, are these kids these days disinterested in adventure? Or doing shit outside? Are they so lazy they'd rather sit in the house all weekend? Lay in bed, watch YouTube videos, TikTok, playing games? Doing basically nothing that they're going to remember when they get older? So my wife wasn't alone. Every parent that I would meet at their school was a helicopter parent. If the kids were running around in the soccer field, there were adults around to keep an eye on them. I wondered, if were parents, you know, were they afraid that something was going to happen to their kid? Afraid that they're going to be abducted in this town? You're kidding. I live in one of the safest cities in the country. What changed? I had stories. My wife had stories. Everybody had them. I think everybody here listening today, you've got at least one great story you can tell from about your childhood, right? Something that happened that was fun. One night at dinner, she tells the girls how you know she was like 11 years old. She spent the entire day on her roller skates, made herself a cheese sandwich on a plate on the porch, headed out into the neighborhood, skated around a few blocks, circled back around the block, stopped by her porch, took a bite of the cheese sandwich, headed out again. So why aren't kids doing that shit now? You afraid something's going to happen to them? Here? I'm not a psychologist, all right? I don't know a ton about child development, but I got to think that if those misadventures of our youth shaped us as we are now, what kind of shape is this generation going to be in later? Because there was an article that I read. If you were born before 1982, you had a childhood that basically made you more independent later. And then every decade after that, when parents became more and more protective of their kids' safety, the kids became less and less independent. And one of the things I do know is that in this day and age, if you let your kids do the kind of shit that we did as kids, unattended, CPS would be knocking on your door. Child endangerment laws become stiffer and stiffer. I don't think it was until the girls hit around 14, 15 that we were even letting them take off to go hang out with their friends down the street, but only if there was going to be a parent around. And sometimes a parent was me. I don't think CPS would have had a problem with us letting the kids run around the field at school. It's right around the, uh, across the street from us. 
But still, the hovering, the worrying. It's like, I don't think our parents didn't care about our safety. I know my mom cared about mine. The times I'd come home bloodied or limping from something, some stupid shit that I did, mom was upset. She'd take away my privileges, do that shit again for a week. But I was always back out there eventually, getting in trouble. Twice I had to get stitches. First time I fell off my bike. Did that deter me from doing that shit again? Hell no, it didn't. That was fun. I didn't care about bleeding or going to the hospital. If that's the price I had to pay for that kind of freedom, I can split my head open again. I don't care. And listen, I grew up in a town that had crime and gangs and child molesters, the works. I was given all the talks by my mother, my brother, my uncles, my aunts. They trained me how to handle the situation if I was approached by a stranger. If they offered to buy me candy... If they talk to you directly, you don't know them, run away as fast as you can. And I was fucking quick. You can believe that. I think I was 11. A friend and I were futzing around in this open field. Started walking back to his house. And this guy rolls up in his car alongside of us. Rolls down the window. Starts talking to us. And I remember it like it was yesterday. Has his dick out. I was like, what the actual fuck is this? I didn't even waste a second. Turned around, gunned it across that field. No way he was going to get to me. No way he's going to catch me unless he got out of his car, you know, and chased me down. Even then, I don't think he'd have caught me. I could hop pretty much any fence back then. But that was the closest call I ever had. And I told my mom about it. I think I wasn't allowed to leave our block for a while after that. But it didn't change anything for me. I wasn't afraid to play outside after that. Back in those days, man, staying in the house was jail. That was punishment. There was literally nothing to do. We didn't have video games back then. No internet, social media, Netflix. Didn't have anything to watch on television. We had books, music, board games, puzzles. That was about it. Is it the parents that are afraid? Because I think that's the thing. Are they afraid something's going to happen to their kid if they let them roam the neighborhood and play with their friends? Or maybe it's the children. Or maybe they're afraid. Have the parents filled their heads with so much bullshit that they'd rather be reclusive and not go outside at all? What do you think is going to damage a kid more? Running around and possibly come home bleeding or bruised or being bullied on social media where these kids are spending most of their weekends? You remember those weekend days, man. Your mom would give you a quarter before you left the house and that quarter would stay in your pocket until the inevitable jingle of the ice cream truck would come puttering down the street. We would drop whatever we were doing and chase that fucking truck like the driver owed us money. That quarter was your ticket to a sugar rush that would last you till dinner. It's just a damn shame that Hollywood had to start making horror movies where kids get abducted and killed by predators that running things like the ice cream truck. You know, now every time I see one of those or I hear the jingle, I think there's a child molester running the thing. Or a murderous clown. John Wayne Gacy. Practically took down the whole image of Bozo being the good guy. No one wanted to sit on Bozo's lap after that. Hi, kids. Hi, Bozo. Fuck you. Guy goes to the pharmacy. Buys some condoms. Cashier says, would you like a bag, sir? Guy goes, Jesus, she's not that ugly. Hey, you remember that story I shared with you months ago about the dumbass YouTuber who jumped out of his plane because he claimed the, the engine had failed? 
but he recorded the whole thing, posted it. It goes viral, and then a bunch of people in the aviation community started picking him apart for it. Well, the FAA had immediately started investigating the whole incident, and they're always tight-lipped about their investigations. They have an omerta. It's tighter than the mafia. So I got curious. I did a search last week, and it just so happens the FAA did complete their investigation. YouTuber Trevor Jacob was flying high, but not anymore. I'm over the mountains and I get out of Asia now. The Federal Aviation Administration has pulled his pilot's license, saying he deliberately crashed his plane into the Los Padres National Forest in California. The key piece of evidence, a YouTube video he posted himself, titled, I crashed my plane. The plane went down in November. At the time, Jacob claimed on camera that his plane malfunctioned. It's all because of this moment. The 12-minute compilation has almost 1.8 million views. It's just one of Jacob's many uploads showing risky stunts. The viral video shows him jumping out of his plane wearing a sport parachute, something experts say is unusual. They're not particularly comfortable. And as you sit in the seat, it puts you sort of in an odd position. The parachute was just one of nine red flags. The FAA says proves the crash was intentional. He also attached multiple cameras in strategic locations on the plane. He opened the pilot door before claiming the engine had failed. That adds drag to the airplane, which limits your uh, the time that you have to glide to a landing. The FAA says Jacob made no attempt to contact air traffic control prior to jumping and made no attempt to restart the engine by increasing airflow over the propeller. All pilots uh, are trained to deal with various types of emergencies, including engine failures. This is something that I would have expected him to have demonstrated uh, to an instructor. According to the FAA, Jacob also made no attempt to look for areas to land safely, even though there were multiple areas within gliding range where he could have made a safe landing. He jumped while holding a camera and continued to record the aircraft during his descent. He recovered and disposed of the wreckage, and he recovered the cameras on the plane after the crash. Thank you. God, thank you, universe. This was nothing but a stunt that was premeditated and planned. I'm so thirsty. The FAA says Jacob is required to surrender his private pilot certificate, and no application will be accepted from him for a year. We reached out to Jacob for comment and did not hear back. I read that he posted a new video asking for his followers to buy his merchandise so he can pay his legal fees. And here's part of that. So I got a statement in the mail that said, uh, you know, we're ordering an emergency order of, you know, having to give up your pilot's license. And so I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I got the letter in the mail. And then all of a sudden, New York Times posts an article. I'm on an FBI terrorist watch list now. That's kind of an interesting thing. To all you haters out there or lovers, I made some merch to pay for some attorney fees. And I got like this one that's feeling adventurous always. If you get that one, I got some other ones that I made at adventure.com. Click on the products tab and we'll take care of you. So he said he's not going to fly again, even if he gets reinstated. He said he got so much hate from the aviation community that he no longer feels welcome. This guy shows zero contrition, which I think is an even worse look. I mean, he looked bad from the beginning. At least say you're sorry that you made the mistake. To react like this just makes it worse. He could have killed somebody with that stunt. In the letter, 
The FAA said, uh, you demonstrated a lack of care, judgment, and responsibility by choosing to jump out of an aircraft solely so you could record the footage of the crash. Your egregious and intentional actions on these dates indicate that you are you presently lack the degree of care, judgment, and responsibility required of a certificate holder. I wonder why he's retained an attorney. Is he being sued? Was he going to try to sue the FAA? They don't have... They don't have the ability to prosecute him, only to terminate his license. And they can fine him every day that he holds out, but he already turned it in. I think he's up shit creek without a paddle, to be honest. He might be under investigation by the NTSB or the Forest Service. I think they have a lot more power. I've said all I want to say about this. You know, how pathetic and stupid I think YouTubers like this are. You know? Hey, guys, smash that like button. Smash your face. How's that? Anything for clicks and likes. It's about time it costs somebody. My theme of today's show is fear. But this guy doesn't have any fear. I mean, he's got ice water in his veins doing shit like this. Then my friend Sue sends me a really funny text a couple weeks ago. She says, what the hell happened to Johnny Depp? He used to be so hot. Now he looks like he's turning into Marlon Brando. I saw some pictures come across the wire. I didn't know what was going on. Then I, you know, I realized he's being he's suing his ex-wife, Amber Heard, for writing a, an op-ed piece for the Post that practically ruined his career. She she seemed to be happy to, you know, have put his the, the abusive relationship behind her. She didn't name him in the piece, but it was implied. And of course, you know, Depp starts getting dropped by pretty much everyone and lost his income opportunities. See, I don't follow up on this crap. Because when celebrities' lives become public, it turns my stomach a little. Too many intimate details. Shit I do not need to hear. It's fodder for TMZ, and I'm not into that stuff. But Depp looks like hell. Like a giant sausage. I think this he started going mental years ago with the drug abuse. Started doing all those pirate movies with the makeup and chains and rags hanging off his body and the, the gay boots and shit. He'd be interviewed. Suddenly he sounded like he's got this odd English accent. Makes him sound pompous. I thought the first movie was fun, but I couldn't get into the rest of that crap. I liked him when he was Donnie Brasco or in that movie Blow. He was a solid actor. He could really do it, but he turned into a fucking cartoon character and then I checked out on him. So he's had ties to Christian Dior for years and appears in this commercial for Sauvage, which is one of the fragrances that I wear. And they're showing it all the time now. And I'm looking at it. I got to wonder, where in the hell did they shoot that commercial? Because the Johnny Depp we're seeing in court looks like he ate the Johnny Depp in that commercial. I mean, it's night and day. I had completely turned my back to the idea of watching any news past few weeks. Honestly, I went full cold turkey. Headlines in the morning, maybe I'd read an article or two, but nothing to do with Ukraine just went right past it, didn't watch any news coverage. So I decided to stick my toe in the water last week. Caught a few stories, right? ABC, NBC, BBC. <laughs> now Russia starts talking about the possibility of World War III and nuclear attacks being more real than ever. And I think to myself, if Russia is saying this, there's maybe a 5% chance of believing it's true. They just try to scare people with threats. 
No one's going to survive a nuclear war. And we know that. More fear. Putin is on his heels. And he's been exposed as a person we always knew he was. A phony. Braggadocious, real tough guy, super smart. Mastermind. All fake. 100% phony. Now it's on full display. World sees it. So of course the fat, balding bitch is going to make threats. Fear tactics is all he's got left. Military strategy (laughs) certainly isn't working. I'm not going to fear a nuclear war. I'm not going to fear anything. The world's going to end tomorrow. Bring it. Just make it quick. Fear doesn't work on me. I've seen death at work. I know it. I'm familiar with it. And if the one thing that people fear the most is death, and I'm not afraid of that, that takes all the power away. I'm rarely on Twitter anymore for this very reason. People are afraid. Go on Twitter. Read some of the shit people write on there. People on the far left acting like the sky is falling because Elon Musk is buying Twitter and taking it private. Opening up the channels of free speech on the platform. What are they afraid of? Trump's not coming back on there. He said it himself. Musk says he's devoted to eliminating bots. Getting rid of the false information, the misinformation channels. Giving people the opportunity to edit their tweets. Cutting down on hate speak. What part of that sounds wrong to you? Twitter's been nothing but the writing on the bathroom wall for years now. What's wrong with giving it a fresh coat of paint, starting over? They certainly had no problem with Jeff Bozos buying the Washington Post, but Musk buying Twitter is a real problem. Why? Think the hard right refers to the Post as a tabloid now. CNN is a tabloid, okay? The Post is a newspaper. You might not like the opinion pieces, neither do I, but it's still news. And hey, look, if you're a fan of CNN, you better prepare for what might be coming. That CNN Plus service didn't last a month. CNN Plus cost the company a fortune, canceled within 30 days. And the ratings for CNN itself are abysmal. Seems that only radicals on the left watch it anymore, because they love being scared. The company has had bad press after bad press. Now CNN Plus, that debacle, that's maybe the icing on the cake. I honestly would not be surprised if we start hearing rumors of CNN shutting down or going subscriber only at some point. That network did almost everything wrong in the last year. Because look, if Fox News is accused of airing horseshit lies and CNN is accused of hearing horseshit lies, why is it that Fox News is killing every other network? Are there more people who enjoy Fox's horseshit lies? The Democrats keep winning the popular vote, but the population seems to like watching Fox News more. Does that make any sense to you? I shouldn't talk politics, because it's not really even really about that. But people who watch CNN generally are there to hear bad things about Trump. And people who watch Fox are usually going to hear bad things about Biden. That's the bread and butter for the networks. Be honest. I don't watch either one of them. Gotta be fair and balanced, okay? I'll pay attention to you. I just want the news. Stop embarrassing yourselves with all the hysteria and fear. Tucker Carlson is popular for a reason. And he says it. He's plain as day. He's an entertainer. He's there for outrage. And people love being outraged. That's why he's winning. That's why Fox News is winning. It's fun for people to watch. So this woman, she gets invited out with the girls, a girls' night out. 
she tells her husband that uh, she'll be home by midnight and uh, even did like a pinky swear. Well, the hours passed and margaritas go down way too easy. So it's getting to be about three in the morning. She's loaded, decides to go home. Just as she gets in the door, the cuckoo clock in the hallway starts up. Cuckoos three times. She got to realize her husband's probably going to wake up. So she cuckoos another nine times. Midnight. She's really proud of herself, right? Coming up with a quick-witted solution. Just she didn't have a problem with her husband. So the next morning, husband asked her what time she got in. She goes, oh, midnight. He didn't say anything. Wasn't pissed off. She's like, oh, I got away with it. Then he goes, yeah, I think we need a new cuckoo clock. She says, why? He goes, well, last night, our clock cuckooed three times, then said, oh, shit, cuckooed four more times, cleared its throat, cuckooed another three times, giggled, cuckooed twice more, and then tripped over the coffee table and farted. Orange County man allegedly sending death threats to Merriam-Webster's dictionary. Jeremy Hansen apparently objected to the new definition of the words girl, woman, and female and made those threats. He was then arrested on Tuesday but was released in order to appear in federal court on Friday in Springfield, Massachusetts. Now, if convicted, the 34-year-old could face up to five years in prison and a $250,000 fine. What kind of a world are we living in? where someone threatens to bomb the offices of Webster's because they didn't like the definition of a word, female or girl. People are nuts. They've lost their fucking minds. Like, you can disagree with the gender thing all you like. You can get upset about it if you want. You got that right. But to threaten to kill people and blow up their building because you didn't like that they changed the definition of a word? You, sir, belong in a nuthouse. Don't like it? Don't buy the dictionary. Why are these people so afraid that people are going to grow up learning that sometimes people simply don't feel comfortable with their gender and they change it later in life? How does that affect you? Hey, look, I've liked girls since I was in the first grade. I still like girls. But maybe some of those girls who I liked one day realized that they felt more like men than women and identified as a man. What does that have to do with me? If you're straight, you're lucky. Trust me on that. We don't have to deal with the confusion and then the finger pointing and the threats that come with that territory. Have some compassion, man. Okay, I wouldn't give up what's going on in my underpants for anything. Being born straight, male, and white, privilege. Because people who aren't born straight or male or white, that's a struggle. So get off your high horse. Help people out, man. Don't threaten to kill them. This country has lost its mind, I swear. And people are threatening to leave Twitter if this deal goes through. You know what? Good riddance. If Musk is serious, wants to be the new sheriff in town, clean out the rain gutters, make it a better place, and you don't want to be in that arena, bye, Felicia. This drought in Nevada is getting so bad that Lake Mead's water levels dropped to its lowest, I think they said in the 30s when they first filled it. They said they could see the water valves that they used to fill the lake. It was that low. But now new shit is turning up. I guess over the weekend, somebody discovered a decaying water barrel in the water and it had a human body in it. They extracted it and performed an autopsy. Kind of try to find out who it was. 
but they determined it was most likely around the early 80s. The most shocking thing about the story was that they said they expected to discover more of them. Now do some thinking. Body in a barrel, Lake Mead, Nevada, not too far from Las Vegas, mid to early 80s, and now they're saying they expect to find more. Why? If you've seen the movie or read the book Casino by Nick Pileggi, you know who was running Las Vegas up until around this time, the Italian mob. If there's a line in the screenplay for the movie at the beginning, Joe Pesci says uh, there's a lot of holes out in the desert and a lot of problems are buried in those holes. Well, the story goes in the book, oftentimes they'd, they'd take whoever they were going to clip out into the middle of the desert at night. They'd make them dig their own grave and then they'd shoot them right in the hole, grab a shovel and bury them. I'd never heard of them putting bodies into canisters and dropping them into a lake. The Mexican cartel, at least they're smart about it. They fill the canisters with toxic material and stuff. It dissolves the body. There's nothing left to find. The whole thing is sickening. But that's how it's done with these psychopaths. Even if they're able to find DNA evidence to determine who these people are, chances are good. Whoever was responsible for the death is already dead or locked away. I don't think there are any, there's anyone still alive from that era. It was over 40 years ago. I watched the statement from General Mark Milley talking about how we're facing the greatest security threat since World War II. You know this guy. If you've watched the news, has he spoken to Congress before? He's been in the news a lot. He was up there with Trump quite a few times. If you don't know who I'm talking about, look him up. Mark Milley, M-I-L-L-E-Y. I know it's not in the guy's job description to smile, but this man always looks grumpy and pissed off. You remember that meme grumpy cat? He looks like that, except decorated with all these ribbons and medals. He looks like a guy whose idea of a good time is getting stitches on his balls. He looks like it's no bullshit 24-7. Must scare the living shit out of his grandkids when they come over to visit on weekends. <laughs> the kind of guy you would say good morning to, and he'd go, how the hell would you know what kind of morning it is? Like that scene in We Were Soldiers. Morning, Sergeant Major. How do you know what kind of goddamn day it is? Beautiful morning, Sergeant Major. Are you a fucking weatherman now? I'm just shocked. People are actually afraid we're going to go to war. Everybody, we're not going to war, okay? If this is going to be a war, it's World War Three, And we have always known it was going to be nuclear. So stop with all that shit. Enjoy yourselves, all right? I know it might be hard. Everything's expensive now. We're bleeding out financially. We've got to be smart with our money. But life is still the same. Do yourself a favor. Don't watch the news for a while. Tell me if life is any different than it was three years ago, outside of the price of gas and food. Like the dollar store is now the $5 store. People need to stop being afraid of every little thing. Stop being afraid of COVID. Chances are, vast majority of people are going to contract COVID. The CDC just released a report. Over 60% of Americans have already had it. But if you're fully vaxxed and, and boosted... You'll have mild symptoms, and that's it. 
non-vaxxed, I don't know what's going to happen to you. Just stop living in constant fear. I think that's when I had my turning point moment. I started to realize that a certain sector of people are afraid and want everyone else to be afraid too. And if you don't agree with them, if you don't comply, you're the enemy. You're the problem. No. No. Maybe the problem's you and your control issues. Stop trying to control everything. I don't like that in personal relationships, and I certainly don't like it from strangers. You are repellent. Mind your business. I support your right to do whatever you want. Respect that of everybody else. Yeah, it's like what Don Corleone said. It's best that your business doesn't mix with mine. Salud. Get the hell out of here. All right, this one's running late. But uh, one more thing. If you want a really good laugh, go to Google Images, right? And run this search in Google Images. Xi Limping looks like Winnie the Pooh. And look at the pictures. If you don't know how to spell this, write it down, okay? X-I and then J-I-N. P-I-N-G looks like Winnie the Pooh. Fucking hilarious. He totally looks like Winnie the Pooh. He's an evil son of a bitch, which Pooh is not. But now we're going to refer to him now only as Chairman Pooh. Fat bitch. And with that, I'm taking off. Thanks for taking the time to listen. Have a wonderful week. Enjoy this fine spring weather. It's going to get really hot really fast. And until next time, my name is Phil. This has been Inane. Cheers. I don't know. It was on you. You. Yeah. It's a show I, I give up. called You on Netflix. There's a show called Loring on Netflix.